0: Hello and welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep heritage alive at the community level. I'm Dale Jarvis and today's guest is Joanna Dawson. Joanna is the Community Engagement Coordinator with Canada's History, the official magazine of Canada's National History Society. It is published six times a year and aims to foster greater popular interest in Canadian history, illuminating the people, places and events that unite us as Canadians. A Newfoundlander, Winnipegger, Joanna joined Canada's History in 2011 after attaining her uh, MA in Public History from Western University. Joanna has been working on awards and youth programming and joins us today here in St. John's. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: I, and uh, I apologize for dragging you in on your vacation.
1: <laughs> That's okay, it's lovely. I'm happy to be here and happy to talk to you about history and heritage.
0: Yeah, so you know you grew up Uh, In St. John's?
1: I did. I was born in St. John's and lived here until I was about um, 14 and my family moved to Winnipeg. So um, my mom and dad and my sisters, we moved out there and um, so I went to high school and university there. And um, some of my family has since moved home, but I've remained there, so. And you're oh. saying you
0: were saying you have a sister in Kelligrews yes. and, and yep. an aunt in Port-a-Port? Yep.
1: Yep. I yep, <laughs> that's right. And um, yep, my, so my sister's here and she with her husband and two young kids, so I like to see them a lot. And I have a large extended family um, all around but mostly in Bay Roberts and here in St. John's so um, yeah I get home it's nice I get home usually at least once a year this year we've been doing really well because um, I well she's two years old now but I've recently had a daughter so on my maternity leave I came home for a few times and so I've had a few trips yeah. here in the past few years so it's great. so yeah. we've got
0: your Newfoundland cred firmly established Perfect. okay
1: yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure how important that
0: was <laughs> it's always it, people always <laughs> want to know like okay which Dawson are you yes yeah. that's right uh, right Uh, so, uh, you, you ended up doing your MA in public history and, and public history is something we've talked a little bit about on the show, uh, Mm -hmm. in the past, but, uh, why public history? What was your, what was your interest in public history?
1: Um, for me, I mean, um, you know, I was always interested in history and, um, You know, you go through university and you major in history, which is what I did. And then you sort of get to the end of that and you say, now what? And you sort of think, um, you know, all the historians you see in university, they're university professors and they have PhDs. Um, And I had a professor, um, uh, Dr. Jean Friesen, and she was a bit of a public historian and had worked with the um, Museum of Civilization at that time believe. And um, she spoke to us a little bit about the field of public history and said, um, you know, public history is all the history that, to me, this is my definition. Everyone you talk to will have something else to say. Um, But public history is sort of all the history outside of the university. It's the people in museums and the archives and community organizations. or. you know, in other fields using history in their work. So, um, you know, lawyers or policy makers and and things like that. So there's lots of applications for history. And so that's really where I wanted to go. And so I could use history um, every day in my career. And so she um, spoke to me a little bit about the um, program at Western University, University of Western Ontario, which is one of the public history programs in Canada. There's a few, and um, that's where I decided to go for my master's. And um, and it really opened up a lot of doors for me, and sort of got me where I wanted to be. Yeah, and is
0: that a cooperative uh, master's? Like you do an internship as part of that? Yeah, that's
1: right. So it's a it's a short program. Um, you know, you're in we my husband and i both went to western at the same time for our masters one-year programs we packed up all of our belongings shipped it all to london eight months later we were back in winnipeg (laughs) shipping it all back so it was the most expensive part of the (laughs) the degree probably um so it was a short program um but you But intensive and um, probably the most valuable part of it was this cooperative part as you say Um, so even during the year aside from the coursework and group work which um, you know I know you've spoken about um, you get there and you're already working so I had a RA position at Museum London. So I was working in the vault, cataloging museum artifacts, which was just actually sort of horrifying. And <laughs> I realized I probably don't want to catalog. This is not what I want to do. Yeah, I yeah. don't want to catalog um, <laughs> uh, medical, and actually it was medical artifacts is what I meant to say. So just like pulling out bloody surgical kits from boxes (laughs) it was a little intense um but it was great you know and so I worked there for while you know while I was doing my coursework and all of that and then um after the coursework was complete um you do another internship and so I did mine at Canada's History Society in Winnipeg and so that's how I ended up moving all my belongings back there and I started um I don't know what I was doing, really. I, was, you know, interns do a lot of things, sure, so I yeah. was doing a little bit on I the way. I make web. my
0: interns do all kinds. They of things. They do it things, all, yeah. and
1: that's the best way to learn. And so you ju- you just dabble. So I was doing, you know, a little bit of content development for the website, doing web editing. Um, gosh, I don't even know a little bit of research, um, and then wor- and then I started to work more into the role that I am now working on our awards and and things like that. And then um, you know it just. It, it's a difficult. It's a little bit of a difficult field in that you don't. People talk a lot about, you know, lack of jobs and lack of job security and and things like that. Um, But there really is a lot of work in this field. And I see that because it's my job to work with all of the people who are working in history in various ways. Um, So for me, in my situation, um, it just came that we had a little bit of funding for a specific program and I stayed on. And then, you know, you just sort of claw your way in and hang on and <laughs> yeah, um, i still very there familiar, yeah, yeah yeah so it's great you know I really um there it, it's a diverse you know the field of public history it's diverse there's a lot of opportunities it's difficult to see it as an 18 year old or 19 year old um, starting in university and wondering what you might do with this degree yeah. Um, but there's lots of different avenues. I mean, I chose that program because, um, you know, it just worked for me. And as I mentioned, my husband was, was doing something at the same time. So it worked for us sort of collectively. Um, but there's other programs. Um, there's, you know, diploma programs or, you know, more specialized sort of museum studies programs. If you sort of know where you want to go. Public history for me was really good because I didn't know. I just knew I loved history. Yeah. and. I wanted to do something in it, and um, it was a little bit broad, and it gives you a lot of skills to find your way into something. Yeah. yeah. I've,
0: I've had very similar conversations with students in the public folklore program here at Memorial, and I've said, it is very rare you will see a job ad that says, public folklorist wanted, and I'm right. sure there are very few job ads that say public historian totally. wanted, but yep. those those kinds of skills are, I think, very transferable, and and I, I think that there are lots of um, organizations, a lot of not-for-profit organizations, a lot of museums and historical organizations that that benefit from those people who have experience taking those at times academic discussions around folklore and history and then making them accessible that's to right. people. Yep. Yeah,
1: yep, that's exactly it. And, uh, yeah, as you say, it's a, it's a very, there's broad skill set, and, um, yeah, lots of opportunities to move around and, and, and use what you've learned. Yeah. And, school, and you ended yeah. up back
0: in Winnipeg, which was, <laughs> which was great. <laughs> which was sort of <laughs>
1: hilarious, but it was wonderful. And, uh, cause my husband's from there. So, and I, I do have some family there, although some in Newfoundland, um, as we've clarified. And, uh, yeah, so we, we ended up, um, there and, uh, You know, I'm really lucky because Canada's History Society is a national organization um, based in Winnipeg, which is quite unique. Yeah. Um, you know, that's one of the first questions I get when I start to explain what I do. They say, well, why aren't you in Ottawa? Or why aren't you in Toronto? Because that's where all the, you know, important people are and whatnot. Um, but we have a really unique history in that our roots go back to the Hudson's Bay company. Yeah. And the magazine that you mentioned in the intro was a Hudson's Bay company journal mm-hmm. and it was established in 1922. Um, you know, keep keep employees up to date at what was happening in the various posts, um, you know, in the territory, and um, and it, it's it's been published continuously, and so now. Um We've taken it over. The way it worked was, if you would like the whole organizational (laughs) history, (laughs) I don't know if you do, but we're getting it anyway. Yeah, Yeah. in 1994, (laughs) Hudson's Bay Company they donated their collection, Um, so their their physical artifacts went to the Manitoba Museum, and their archival collection went to um, the uh, the uh, provincial archives in Winnipeg. And from that tax savings, um, they established the Hudson's Bay History. Company History Foundation which sort of established our organization and we took over the publication of the magazine and so that's why we're in Winnipeg and I really like that I really like that it worked for a history organization that has a history I think that's really Mm -hmm. neat Um, and I just sort of feel like we're a little bit of the underdog you know living in western Canada and talking about national history yeah Um, even though I would sort of argue that we're a national organization but um, you know I really like the, again, I really like the intro that you have talking about history at the community level because I think that's really sort of what our history is. We're all talking and, um, you know, what what is history for you and me or what is it for this community or this community and then how does that look on a national level or how does, you know. And so, um, yeah, so I, I really, it's a really nice organization and um, it's a very busy place and lots of work because we have a lot of ground to cover yeah yeah. you know to sort of cover off the whole country and all the different stories that there are to tell so You, you talk
0: about being uh one of those people who was always interested in history you know and that's certainly true for me as well i was always interested in in history i remember you know, knowing very, very early in life that history was kind of the thing that I was passionate about. And, mm-hmm. um, and my, my father um, always got uh, the Beaver magazine, right? Okay, so, yep. so, which was Forgot the, the, the previous, uh, in one of the previous incarnations yep. of, of the magazine. Yep. And, and so I remember growing up and like reading, reading, you know, being like 10 and <laughs> reading <laughs> the Beaver magazine or whatever, you know. Yeah, um, that's so, intense. Yeah. So and then it all comes. It all comes full circle. Yeah. 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 Uh, And that and it is kind of interesting that this stuff is in Winnipeg. I I was fortunate enough a couple years ago. Um, the Canadian Commission for UNESCO had their AGM in Winnipeg, Mm. and we got a tour of the of the archives, and that was amazing. Like, there's just some incredible stuff.
1: There's some real treasures there. Yeah. yeah, For sure. Yeah. Yeah, Because that collection is designated right under the. Yeah.
0: uh, Under the Memory of the World or something program. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's 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 important history. You know. the fur trade is is very important to Canada so um, yeah it's it's nice to be sort of continuing a little bit of that history as well although we of course talk about all kinds of stories
0: yeah and the magazine is really um, just a part of what the organization does and not necessarily what you do
1: that's right so the magazine is probably um, our best known initiative and you mentioned the beaver that's the other thing that causes a bit of confusion because um, the magazine changed names in 2010 from the beaver to canada's history magazine and um, that was done primarily because we um, Canada's History Society has so many other initiatives. It was sort of to bring it all together under you know, the brand of it. So the magazine is one um, activity that's uh, very well known. I work primarily on um, sort of our recognition and, and youth programming, so one of my main activities is around the Governor General's History Awards, which we administer, and they are a suite of awards. Um, There's five official Governor General's History Awards um, in teaching, community programming, popular media, museums, what did I miss? Scholarly research. There we go. Um, so that's that's one of our next biggest activities, I would say. So those awards are presented annually at Rideau Hall in, in each fall. And uh, it's a really nice event. It brings together all those recipients. There's a few other awards that are presented at that time. Um, so all in all, we sort of get a group of about, you know, 200 history professionals, heritage professionals in Ottawa. And uh, it's a really nice time to celebrate just the you know depth and breadth of the work that's going on in Canada at all these different levels you know we've talked about public history and um, it's a way to sort of um, bring it bring people together who don't often talk to each other. So researchers and teachers. and you know how, how can we facilitate more collaboration between these types of fields and um, create more relationships and, and things like that? So in addition to recognizing the recipients and all the work that they're doing, it's a really nice opportunity to just bring these types of people together and just sort of celebrate history and, and you know start some new. New work as well, so that's one of my main activities. So just doing the intake for all of that, helping with the applicants, helping with the awards itself in Ottawa as well. Yeah.
0: So, so can you give us some examples of maybe some previous winners? So mm-hmm. stuff, the projects that really kind of stood out in your memory.
1: Oh, yeah. There's there's a lot. So for I mean for the teachers, the teachers is probably the teaching award is probably um, not our biggest. I mean they're all really. Great and important. The teaching award is our sort of oldest award, um, and it recognizes six teachers each year. So it's a, it's a lot of work, and um, and we get a lot of you know really great applications for it. Um, teachers these days who are coming through this award, they are doing incredible work with their students. I don't know what your high school, we won't, I won't make you talk about it, <laughs> but. Um, you know, my te- my experience in high school was not that great. I mean, people talk about... Um, a lot of people who come into history, they say, oh, I had this teacher who was just so inspiring, yeah. and I was so excited. I was the complete opposite. Like, my teacher didn't do anything, and yeah. I only got interested because I was forcing myself to study and learn all the material and i see myself in my basement floor i have all my papers spread out and i'm trying to learn like the seven years war or something all by myself (laughs) and something clicks i'm like oh man this is so interesting and i remember running up to tell my dad that it was so interesting and that I loved history all of a sudden um, but the teachers these days that I see come through the awards um, you know they're doing such incredible work they're having their students you know these students are doing primary source um, research right. you know very seriously um, they're going into the archives um, and they're you know there's you know cross-referencing with their secondary sources they're doing oral histories um, one of the recipients um, from last year um, out of Um, Orangeville, Ontario, Um, Mark and Linda, they had a grade five class and they did a project that they called Grand Pals. And so what they did was that they partnered with the sort of nursing home down the street and they would go and each each student would pair up with one of the the residents there and they would do sort of an oral history then they would um, you know do their research as well to you know corroborate all that and make it, make a story. Um, and then the, you know, grade five students, and then they published all the stories together in a collection in a book, which, um, was then published and presented back to the local archives for their collection. And then there was a community event after where they presented their work and then presented a copy of the book to their grand pals. So, um, that was a really nice one. And a lot of, a lot of the, I mean, I really could talk about this for a long time um a lot of the projects that we're seeing do have sort of a community aspect yeah. you know some of the best ones really it's it's not just the classroom anymore you know and um oh i want to talk about <laughs> this year's recipients but i can't because <laughs> <'Cause it's still, laughs> Secret. because yeah. um, there's some really great examples there too <laughs> You'll have to check it out. Um, but yeah, so the, the community aspect, I think, is really important, too. Um, and yeah, just this, the work that the students are doing, it's meaningful and right. it's authentic. You know, it's not just to get the grade. They probably have long forgotten about it being a part of school. You know, they're really engaged in it. And um, so that's that's sort of what we're seeing um coming through sort of with the, with the teachers and a lot of, you know, we're seeing a lot of really great projects around indigenous history Mm -hmm. and reconciliation, really important work. That's getting the students to, to really dig into this and, um, you know, take steps to, Bridge the the past with the present and the world around them today. So, yeah. um, you know, I see the teachers and I work with them to you know work submit their application and get it through the website and reset their passwords and all this stuff. And by the end of it, I'm just like I'm just so moved by the work that they do with their students. And uh, it's really a really difficult thing when the judges come down to it to select just six even though we give out six awards whereas the other ones are just one um, it can be really difficult just to even choose six uh, each year so um, and is
0: it and from what grade to what grade is that uh,
1: k-12 to k-12 to yeah Yeah. so that's a big range it is yeah Yeah. so we see a lot of different you know so you see how you know i talked about students doing archival work and things like that but you see the teachers you know that's not just something you have to do in high school you know we we see teachers starting to bring in primary sources you know at the primary grade level or mm-hmm. elementary you know mm-hmm. so um the the evidence getting the students to look at the evidence to really think critically about history um you know the the historical thinking concepts have really informed a lot of this work and um and I could talk a little bit about that. That's sort of a framework that's been developed um, about 20 years ago now out of the University of British Columbia by Dr. Peter Satius. And so the, the historical thinking concepts, there's six concepts that are designed to really, um, you know, provide the framework of how do we look at history? Like, um, so you look, you determine the historical significance. You look at continuity and change. How, how do things stay the same? How do they change? How does that overlap? Um, I'm gonna forget them all right now Um, the ethical dimension of history which is really probably the toughest Mm. one you know looking at the pat things that have happened in the past and sort of judging people you know what were their motivations for making that decision would we have made that decision today Um, what do we think of that decision Um, what have I forgotten? I've (laughs) I've forgotten them all Um, Anyway, uh, but but the whole framework, I, I could go through them all if I could just take a moment to regroup, but the whole framework is really informing. Um, it's It's been incorporated into most curriculum in Canada now yeah. um, as they all come up for renewal. And um, the teachers are really, really digging into these and it's really making the sort of educational experience very rich for students studying history these days i think
0: do you you want to talk a little bit about the um the conference you were just uh, yeah so
1: yeah sure so in ottawa the the historical thinking project is sort of the organization that developed this over the past. Um, They run a historical thinking summer institute each year and we've just started um, sort of partnering with them just to do a little bit of the admin work around it. Um, So that, conference or institute was held in ottawa this july and i just had the extreme pleasure of going as a participant which was just the best thing ever you I didn't have like, to organize anything <laughs> i know I, I i sat at registration for like five minutes and then i was out with my pen and paper and you know because i haven't been in school in a while and uh it was really nice just to sit back and learn so the institute uh runs for a week and it it's in ottawa it's going to be running again this year um so if anyone's interested uh please go online and check it out it's an incredible experience um, and each day is sort of organized around one of the main concepts so you really you get an introduction and I should start by um, you know giving a, a little shout out to the instructors which are Dr. Lindsay Gibson and Dr. Carla Peck out of the University of Alberta and uh, Dr. Catherine Duquette out of the University of Chicoutimi I think she's still there um, and um, they're, they're just so what's what was really unique um, for me in going through this is that you know they've been doing this research for, for you know a number of years They really know their stuff obviously, but they also all have classroom experience. Mm-hmm. and so um, they know what students are capable. Most of the well I shouldn't say most of the participants, about half were teachers, but half were people like me, resource providers I'd say who are looking to incorporate this these concepts, Into their programs and their work. So, um, but what was great was that the the instructors could really um, get a sense of how to adapt this. What does this actually look like in the classroom for your students? If you were to get them to really think this way, so each day is organized sort of around a different concept, and it's really interactive. Lots of sort of quick group activities to really practice what you're learning um and then of course you're in ottawa and so you know we had exhibit tours at museum of history at the war museum at the national gallery um you know guest lectures from university professors or the curators um so was a really it was a really intensive um but very exciting week Mm -hmm. and just to think um you know his people are so people who love history love history obviously and uh, the content around it, but to really even just dig into just sort of the way we think about history and the questions that we ask uh, was really interesting for me and, and a lot of the people there. And like I said, it was a very diverse group. So it was nice to sort of make those different connections between uh, different fields and different, you know, all across Canada. So you have different provinces and things like that. So it was really good. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, while we're talking about, you know, education and history, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Heritage Fairs program because sure. I yes. know it's something you've been uh, involved with. And yeah. it's something that we haven't really talked a lot about uh, on okay. the podcast yet. So cool. so for maybe yeah. maybe just for people who aren't familiar with the Heritage Fairs program generally sure. what is it
1: yeah so heritage fairs unfortunately the way i start this description is to say it's like a science fair for history which really <laughs> yeah. sells it short because it's its own wonderful thing um but it is that <laughs> 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 and so the uh, heritage fairs have been going on for about 25 years now all across canada and they're you know they're re- um research projects. So the students do their research project. Um, Often they'll start with a family history or family story, but not always. Um, And they do their research, they create a visual, a backboard. Um, Increasingly there's a little bit of technology And then the real rich part of it, I think, is sort of the community exposition. So they'll happen in their schools or they'll happen at a local museum or something like that. And the students set up their displays and they're all judged on their work. But then there's also sort of a public component where, you know, proud moms and dads and grandmas and and grandpas (laughs) come in and, you know, you get these 10 year old students or whatever. I mean, it's it's a bit of a range. Um, But you get these young students and they have researched a topic and they know it cold and they're so excited about it And you know, they they get this experience of course doing the historical research and and writing a little paper I shouldn't I shouldn't be talking down about (laughs) (laughs) You know, they they do a lot of incredible work Um, And then you know, then they get the practice of standing up and you know Speaking to a judge and explaining their work and answering questions sort of on the fly Um, um, and they're really, really proud of their of their work. So that's sort of what heritage fair looks like. And as I said, it takes place in um, all across the country. I think in like eighty communities, we've sort of estimated. Um, in the spring you know they start sort of in january february doing their research in school and then there's different levels so they'll start at the school and then most provinces will have a regional f- or provincial fair um, and so our role is we're we're, uh, we, we're the national charitable organization that supports heritage fairs and uh, we've done this primarily in the past um, where are we at here six years i guess through the national program which is called young citizens and so how this works is that the provinces and territories sort of select or give the opportunities to some of the top students that they see come through heritage fairs and encourage them to make a video. And then, um, so then they're sort of transposing all of their research into a short documentary. And uh, we post them all online. Typically, we get about 200 videos and they all go online and there's a public vote. And then um, we select the recipients and they come to Ottawa. This is varied in the past depending on how much funding we have leading up to 2017 we had some extra funding so we've been taking um two students from each province and territory and having a youth forum in ottawa Mm -hmm. and it's been really fantastic to see the exchange between the students of different provinces um but just the the again the depth and breadth of the work that students can do in history these days uh, is really incredible and particularly through, I I just love heritage fairs. The other thing about heritage fair and the reason I assume you know about it is because it really brings in the community because you know they need judges so they call you know we call them i have been a judge many times yeah Yeah, we call it you know you call it the museums and the teachers or um, university professors and it brings again brings together um all people who are interested in history in a community and really creates sort of even a little bit of a maybe mentorship opportunity for the students to see people who have careers in history Hmm. talking to them about history and um you know helping them with their project or complimenting them or supplementing the work that they've done to say, oh, well, you know, I know whatever the topic is. Um, so it's a really, really rich program, I think, and uh, one we're really proud to work with as well.
0: So now we're, we're drawing to the end of our time. Um, if people want more information about the, the awards programs or mm-hmm. about heritage fairs or about Canada's history, where mm-hmm. where do they go?
1: That's the other thing we didn't even get to talk about was our <laughs> website. Um, yeah, So certainly canadashistory.ca is our website. Um, uh, in French histoire Canada um, and we have a lot of content on there relating to the magazine articles and things like that. We have educational materials and then of course information about all of our programs and uh, awards as well yeah.
0: and the awards uh, is there a general deadline every year like is
1: each each award is different, every is different. Okay. Um, but typically it's it's spring to early. Early summer is is our main intake for the awards. Yeah, so yeah, if there's teachers you want to nominate, community initiatives, um, museums, anything, you can always nominate or start an application um, if you're working on a project as well. And uh, I'm the one on the receiving end of all these requests, and I love (laughs) working with people and I'm happy to help if uh, anyone comes through.
0: Great. Well, Mm -hmm. we'll hopefully generate some more award nominations. That would be great. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me.
0: I'm Dale Jarvis. You've been listening to Living Heritage, a production of CHMR Radio 93.5 in collaboration with the Intangible Cultural Heritage Office of the Heritage Foundation of Newfoundland and Labrador. Find us online at ichblog.ca or on iTunes. Our production assistant is Tara Barrett. We would love to know what you think of the show. Leave us a comment on the Living Heritage Podcast Facebook
1: page or tweet us at hfnlca. Thanks for listening.